mysteries, Mondays, mysteries, Mondays, mystery, Mondays, mysteries on Monday, mysteries, Mondays, mysteries, Mondays, mystery, Monday. Mondays, mysteries, Mondays, mystery, Mondays, mysteries, Mondays, mysteries, Mondays, mysteries, 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 Mondays, mysteries, Mondays, mysteries, Mondays. We're gonna be bringing your sweet behind today. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it is Mystery Mondays. We are here with you yet again to explore yet another fantastic <gasps> and mystical and mysterious mystery. Mystery Monday, baby. Mr. Drewbert is gonna be bringing us Mystery Mondays this week. First time Drew's done a Mystery Monday. I'm so, so excited. So I am intrigued. I am intrigued and excited. Um, as I said, the other two of us that aren't doing the mystery every Monday don't know what the mystery is in, um, until we're until um, the other one speaks. Till you're living That's the mystery, right. we're living live, mm-hmm. learning about it. So we are just as excited as you to find out what this mystery is. So, uh, Mr. Trooper, over to you. What's the mystery going to be this week? <gasps> I'm on the edge of my seat. Ooh, so we have this week. Have you heard of the Mobley Jordan incident incident in 1901? I, I, I think not. so. Off the top of my head, oh. on the, off the top of my head, I don't want to think. Oh. I don't think I do. So. I remember I said to you guys uh, a couple of weeks ago that um, I had one that our friend Nikki C sent over, mm, mm. and it was it was like a time travel one, you know, like kind mm. of when pe- people like show up at different points in history and it's unexplained. Mm. Um, so there was this one um, that he showed me that I thought, oh, that's really cool about a guy who turned up up in New York and. Um, he had like really old attire on and stuff and, and was just like looking around like really confused at everything and then got like hit by a taxi and oh, died what? and they had like and there was coins in his pockets that were like really um like older coins Antiquated. and everything mm. yeah and they were like who the hell is this guy and they thought he was a time traveler uh i re- i looked into it and it was later debunked oh. and it was basically a work of science fiction that um that someone had like um put out as fact but oh, it was back right. before oh, the internet right. and everything so for for decades it was like uh, um you know people were looking into mm. it and investigating it for for years because they thought it was real but then they found this book and it was like exactly the same story as, right. as like as like what happened right. so yeah that was debunked but I, I i was looking at a few other like time travel kind of like incidents mm. and tried to find one that was had a bit more like you know credence mm. don't know if that's the right word but yeah. Yeah. So this um, this Mobley Jordan incident from 1901. So it's two ladies claim to have experienced a time shift when visiting the Pete Petit Trianon, which was a small chateau in the grounds of the Palace of Versailles in France. Nice. A time shift. A time shift. A famous. Wow. And I like this one as well because um, I, there's an experience in my life uh, where uh, my fiance told me about something that happened to her when she was younger, and it reminded me a little bit of that, nice. uh, like a kind of time shifty thing. So. 
Yeah, so I'll give you a bit of background about the two ladies first. So Mobley, she was born in uh, 1846, was the 10th of 15 children, came from a professional background. Her father, George Mobley, was the headmaster of Winchester College and later the Bishop of Salisbury. Oh, nice. In 1886, Mobley became the first principal of a hall of residence for young women, St. Hugh's College in Oxford. It became apparent that Mobley needed someone to help her run the college, and Jordan, which is the other lady in the story, um, was asked to become Mobley's assistant. Ooh. So this is like she's a head teacher. This right. woman, right? Um, so and Eleanor Jordan, which is um, if you can see on the, the, that that lady there, very nice, um, very yeah, nice, so very like a, like a very stern looking, stern looking lady. Head so this is a bit about her. The other one, so Jordan, born in 1863, was the eldest of ten children. Her father, the Reverend Francis Jordan, was a vicar of Ashbourne in Derbyshire, at Derbyshire. She was the sister of art historian Margaret Jordan and, ma- and mathematician Philip Jordan. Uh, she was also the author of several books, ran a school of her own, and after the incident, which we're going to talk about, became the vice principal of St. Hugh's College, so the the college which the other woman is a principal of. Um, yeah, so she went to stay with um, with Mobley um, in France when they were like kind of st- uh, they were doing some research together. So they were so they were traveling around France. Uh, so these are two credible, accomplished ladies from well-to-do backgrounds, both teachers, both headmistresses. Mm. Um, so Mobley and Jordan recounted that they had decided to visit the Palace of Versailles as part of several trips around Pal- Paris, detailing how on the 10th of August 1901, they traveled by train to Versailles. They remembered not thinking much of the palace after touring it, so they um, decided to walk through the gardens to the Petit Trianon, uh, but after re- reaching the Grand Trianon, found it was closed to the public. So the Petit Trianon was a small chateau on the grounds uh, given by Louis the Sixteenth to his nineteen-year-old wife um, Marie Antoinette. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. the famous as, Marie Antoinette. Yeah, as a private retreat for her personal use. So remember that about um, Marie oh, Antoinette. Cool, cool. Keep that in mind. So they uh, they re- um, they recollect, recollected traveling with a Baedeker guidebook, but said they became lost after missing the turn for the main avenue. Ali de Du Trianon, oh, and entered a lane where they bypassed their destination. Mobley reported that she noticed a woman shaking a white cloth out of a window, while Jordan recalled recalled nothing. Uh, um, no, sorry, noticing an old deserted farmhouse outside of which was an old plow. Mm. At this point, they described feeling. Uh, a feeling of oppression and dreariness coming over them, after which, me- uh, after which, men who they thought looked like palace gardeners told them to go straight on. Mobley described the men as very dignified officials, dressed in long greyish green coats with small three-cornered hats. Jordan recalled that she noticed a cottage with a woman, ha- woman holding out a jug to a girl in the doorway describing it as a tableau vivant, a living picture, much like Madame Tussaud's waxworks. Mobley did not observe the cottage, but remembered that she felt the atmosphere of change. She wrote, everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless. The wood worked in tapestry. 
there were no effects of light and shade and no wind stirred the trees. So they were having this like weird experience, like work, walking through the chateau, almost mm. like mm. seeing some strange things and some strange people. Like, doing, it was like, almost like um, the things were just becoming strangely otherworldly. Yeah, like they weren't quite in the um, real world anymore, or something. Yeah, there's a really good quote from Stephen King, which almost like touches on this a little bit, mm. where he's like, "Terror." I, I can't. I'll probably butcher the quote, but it's something like, "Terror is when you come home to find that every single piece of your furniture has been moved." But just slightly, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm. this this reminds me a little bit of that, where like everything's Things are a kind. bit strange, but you yeah. don't know why. Yeah, a little bit, bit off, weird. but you can't put your finger on it. Nowadays, people often describe it as like a like a glitch in the matrix or something. Yeah, like that, mm. do you know what I mean. But it's yeah, it's been a mm. phenomenon that's been going on for like a long time. Mm. Just things that are just ever so slightly off. Kind of coincides with like the the uncanny valley and stuff as yeah. well. Mm. But yeah, yeah, no, that sounds terrifying. So they repeat re- reported reaching the edge of a wood, close to the Temple de la Mor and coming across a man seated beside a garden kiosk, wearing a cloak and a large shady hat. According to Mobley, his appearance was most repulsive, its expression odious, his complexion was dark and rough. Jordan noted the man slowly turned his face, which was marked by smallpox, his complexion was very dark. The expression was evil and yet unseeing. And, and though I did not feel that he was looking particularly at us, I felt a repugnance to go past him. Ugh. They said that another man, whom they described as tall, with large dark eyes and crisp curling black hair, under a large sombrero hat, came up to them and showed them the way to the Petit Trayon. Ah. Mm. Mystery man. This does sound like proper mysterious. It sounds like, um, do you know what it's reminding me of a little bit? Um, have you have you two watched any of the new um, season of Stranger Things yet? Oh no, no is it out? It's it's, it's very much like what we're talking about. Ah, it's like it's like off. you'll be in the real world and then something will happen and it's like you it's like you you it still seems like you're in the real world but everything's just off. Yeah, and yeah. it's just really weird, you know. All of it's strange. Man, I need to start Stranger. Things. By the way, just mm. not so good. Yeah, don't go off. off uh, I don't want to go off topic too much, but it's, it's amazing. By the way, this is. Oh, like, I, think I this, can't wait! I can't uh, wait to watch it. I think this is like my favourite season since like the first season. I've yeah. got to watch it. I've got to watch it. Have you never it. ever seen any? Never even started oh, it. Really it's good, so mate. cool. When I was actually researching for this uh, for this part as well, the. Stranger Things came up like yeah. one of one of the mm. I can't remember what it was I think we talked about it before about the um uh the the experiment that the US government did oh, yeah. on on like a on on a on a submarine vessel or something trying to that's trying the, to cloak it that's the Philadelphia experiment yes the Philadelphia then, project yeah and then and the, the other one, one that Stranger Things is like a relation to that's called oh, the yeah. uh Not, it'll come to me in a minute yeah come to me in a that one but they both intertwine a little bit and I was thinking yeah. oh that'd be a cool one so it's funny that you brought yeah. it up because I was like looking at it but. Right, so getting back to the two ladies. Mm. Uh, Mobley... Montauk Project, sorry. Montauk, that's it. Montauk Project, yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe we can do that, a Montauk Project next. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I don't know about that as well. Oh, so that yeah, cool. yeah, really weird. So cool. But um, Mobley said she noticed a lady sketching on the grass who looked at them after they crossed a bridge to reach the gardens in front of the palace. She later described the lady as wearing a light summer dress and a shady white hat with much fair hair. Mobley reported that she thought she was a tourist at first, but the dress appeared to be old-fashioned. Mobley came to believe that this lady was Mary Antoinette. Jordan, however, did not see the lady. Oh, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and because there's a picture, basically, which will uh, you're not you won't be able to see very well, 
but yeah. uh, that is a portrait of Mary Antoinette, mm. and it was yeah. just like the woman that she right. saw in the garden, basically. Right. Right. When you finish the story, you ought to get it up on the on the PC and see if yeah. we can get it. Yeah. Yeah. High def. In high def, baby. Um, so... So, so, um, at their return to the palace, they reported that they were directed round to the entrance and joined a party of other visitors. They said that after they toured the house, they had tea at the Hotel du Reservoir before returning to Jordan's apartment. So this doesn't, this is just, it's seeing as few strange things and stuff. It doesn't, it's not like a crazy, like anyone disappeared or anything like that. But um, it's It's almost like a little eerie glitch in the Matrix. So... So it suggests that they encountered several people in 1789 period attire, and this happened in 1901, so it was like from like 100 years mm. before, a couple hundred, um, carrying out period activities like the woman, uh, which wouldn't be so, uh, that wouldn't happen at that time. So the woman, what mm. she was doing with the, uh, mm. you know, mm. outside the house and everything, um, and passed a handful of structures that had not existed since 1789. So some of the things that they were walking through and what I was talking about, yeah, they just... Like in real time were like ruined. Yeah, and they went like a bridge. I said they walked over a bridge. There was no bridge there in that actual place or anything. That bit's mental. Yeah, so their their expected... Crazy, man. Their unexpected visit to 112 years in the past culminated with an encounter of Mary Antoinette herself sketching on the grounds of her chateau. So she was walking through this... Uh, you know, actually, like her. Mm. Do you know what it's giving me vibes of a little bit as well? This story, even though that wasn't actually time travel. Um, you've played the Witcher. Have you, you've played the Hearts of Stone Witcher Three expansion, haven't you? Um, I know that you haven't played blood the Blood and Wine. No, no you I haven't. You haven't played Blood and oh, Wine. That's yes. the one with the Hearts vampires. Of Stone. Yes, but I have. Yes, the one where like the guy and he like did a pact with essentially like yeah. the devil Gauntero Dim. I think Gauntero Dim. Yeah, yeah, like the demon guy. Um, you know that bit in that level where you have to go to. Um, uh, like, you know, like, oh, what's his name? You know, the, the red-headed guy. The guy that at first you think is like your main enemy, but then it turns out Gauntro Dim's your main mm. enemy. Spoiler mm. alert. Um, <laughs> um, Witcher 3's been out so long now. Um, but yeah, you know you have to like go to his old house and oh, it's like his yeah. big old mansion and it's like really creepy and there's that like weird and it looks like there's that weird old like groundsman and, yeah. he's just re- and then you end up having like a boss battle with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like obviously it's this... Nothing like horrific happens in the tale we're telling, but I can almost like what I'm picturing in my head is like this big medieval like French style like yeah like chateau yeah and just everything's a bit like dim and like a bit creepy and the pictures mm-hmm. are all a bit creepy and then there's like this weird groundsman just walking around like like carrying out what seem like mundane tasks but there's just something a bit creepy about it yeah I'm almost like, picturing it of like a rose tinted like looking through like yeah. rose tinted goggles mm. and seeing like this olden place where you're walking through all the buildings are rustic yeah like you say everyone's dressed in like weird garb yeah. Yeah, man. it's almost like yeah, like this as you cool said, it's like tinted, mm. like everything's got to fit like a weird filter on yeah. or something. Just like mm. doesn't look quite right. Yeah. So according to um, Jordan and Mobley, neither woman mentioned the incident to one another until a week after leaving Versailles, when Mowbray, in a letter to her sister about the trip, um, started writing about the afternoon of the Versailles incident. She reportedly asked Jordan if she thought the Petit Trianon was haunted, and Jordan told her she thought it was. Three months later in Oxford, the pair said they compared their notes and decided to write separate accounts of what happened while also researching the history of Trianon. They thought they might have seen events that took place on 10th of August 1792, only six weeks before the abolition of the French monarchy, Mm. when the Tuileries Palace in Paris was besieged and the King's Swiss Guards were massacred. 
So according to their narrative, they visited the Trianon Gardens again on, on several occasions, but were unable to trace the path they took. Various landmarks such as the kiosk and the bridge were missing, and the grounds were full of people. Trying to come up with an explanation, they wondered if they had stumbled across a private party or an event book that day, like, you know, where people would be dressing up. Yeah, like, like, what's yeah. it called? LARPing? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Large action role play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like you can go to like medieval banquets, so there's like jousting and mm. everyone's dressed up as like a Viking or an elf or something. Like, yeah. yeah. However, they found that nothing had been booked that afternoon. Through their research, they thought they recognised the man they reportedly saw at the kiosk as the Comte de Verlue, a friend of Marie Antoinette, who herself Modbury had claimed to see. Convinced that the grounds were haunted, they decided to publish their story as a book, um, an adventure it was called, in 1911, under the pseudonyms of Elizabeth Morrison and Francis Lamont. Mm. So they were both very like reputable women, like mm. headmistresses mm. and everything. So they 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 believed in their story so much that they published it as like a as right. like a story, but they didn't do it as themselves because obviously yeah. they didn't want the backlash. they didn't want the ridicule or yeah, any yeah. negative attention. Yeah, so the book containing the claim that Marie Antoinette had been encountered in 1901 caused a sensation. However, many critics did not take it seriously on the grounds of the implausibilities and inconsistencies that it contained. A review of the book um, by Eleanor Mildred Sidgwick um, in the Proceedings of uh, the Society for for Psychical Research suggested that the woman had misrepresented normal events that they had experienced. In 1903, uh, an old map of the Trianon Gardens was found and showed the bridge that the two women had claimed to have crossed that had not been on any other map. The identity of the authors of an adventure was um, not, so the, yeah, the authors of the book were not made public until 1931. Mm. So 30 years after the incident. So no wow. one knew that they writ that. But so there was a map that showed this bridge that they said that they mm. went over and stuff, but they didn't find that. that imagine like if after. that was you, that'd be so eerie. Mm. I love that bit of them like finding this person through history that they saw in this like time yeah. shift and then finding that they were there and they were like yeah, friends like we, with we experienced that time and we saw that person and yeah, like that place yeah. and stuff oh I'd love know? that I wish yeah. I'd experienced something like that yeah, yeah. It's, just yeah. So, it's just so weird do you know it? what's um, also like making me think about this like story is like you know um like a lot of people that say like um you know if like you believe in ghosts and stuff they say that it's like it's usually like um not always but usually it's like emotionally charged events which makes it more likely to like imprint that sort of, you know, because a lot of people say that like ghosts, it's almost like an energy. It's almost Ener- like a time stamp, like, like yeah, an energy yeah. imprint. And yeah. that, that's exactly that's what I written so, here. Is like oh, it could nice. be like a yeah, a, a time, a memory of a time yeah. that was imprinted in the place. Yeah, and mm. they just kind of walked into it, and where they were open and didn't think anything of it, they just experienced that. And that's like something that like Meg experienced like mm. years in ago the in the woods, where where yeah. she looked into this old manor, and then she swear she could see like like Victorian garbed children and running around and like and and someone and things like Whoa, that and that like, super, yeah and and like she she like you know and and so and saw like she said she saw like a fire in the forest and there was and there was firemen and stuff but um but that had happened there was this huge fire that happened in the forest that they found out about after and it was like it was almost like they were seeing the memory of that event through this like supernatural like 3 a.m hour of going for a walk in the woods you know the witching hour the witching that's so hour. creepy with the fire Mm. That literally sounds like something that would be like written a story about. Yeah, no, mm. 
Yeah, I was going to say as well, because you know with like those energy imprints, that's why it's more likely that, say, somebody that's been murdered, or like if it was like a battle scene or something like that. Like today, to this day, like if you go to like any like big battle scenes like across the world, people will say that they feel like a, like a energy, or that like they feel mm. like their hairs are standing on end, or, you know, a lot of the pe people that are like supposedly ghosts, as I said, are like people that have been murdered, or murderers. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. that were like so extremely... business as well. Like, yeah, yeah, or like really abusive households where there's yeah. like poltergeist activity. It's like there's this highly strung atmosphere. Yeah. And um, I was thinking, obviously, with like Mary Antoinette and everything like that, as I said, um, so that was like just before the French Revolution mm. and like Marie Antoinette had her head cut off mm. by the guillotine and then that was obviously French that may be one of the happy places where she was just yeah. painting in the garden but I'm talking about know. like emotionally charged like mm. obviously that was to this day that's like a massive French event because obviously they've been a republic since mm. you know that, like the French Revolution happened and then Napoleon ended up in power and that obviously led to like the Napoleonic Wars like you know what I mean it was like a massive like you know you could say even worldwide but mm. at least certainly at the very least like European mm. like pivotal part of European history along those lines it's quite cool with the with the mention you said of a of them feeling oppressed mm. when they got into this space that almost you could tie that into them being like yeah like there was a definite change of energy yeah that they and, felt and like, like when they were walking into obviously it. at that time they would have been feeling like oppression and everything from the yeah. public that were like hating them mm. yeah yeah so that would be you like could, the you general could, feeling that would be going around at that mm. time thing is, you could see it both ways as well. You could see it as they were feeling oppressed because of the hatred that the public felt for them. Or mm. maybe that was like, um, you could speculate that you were experiencing the, the the feeling that the general population would feel like when around mm. royalty. That thought they were so much like above you or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? You could see it like <laughs> both ways, mm. you know? That's it. So it's so it's so it is kind of tied up to the same time traveling uh, yeah. theme that I wanted to look into, but more of just a yeah a weird mystery and and it was the fact that these two um, what I've said about their credentials at the start um, mm. is because they were well like you know respected women. Yeah, yeah. That, your sources like, matter. Sources yeah, matter. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was more of like a why would these guys like make something like that up? Yeah, like, they had no reason to, and you know, and, and even when they released it, they released it. Under the pseudonyms because like they weren't trying to do a claim to like fame or yeah. anything like that yeah, yeah quite the opposite yeah quite the yeah. opposite yeah yeah no i think that's fascinating man i've just yeah. i've never heard of that before never no, heard of that that's, that's a really that's, good mystery that's a really good that. mystery. yeah i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it oh nice guys um yeah so much mm. you can take from that as i said like just even like that picture you showed us of the lady in, in at the beginning of the story like that's like just like a woman that you would believe. Yeah, she, she looks so like serious <laughs> and no nonsense. Yeah, just like a, Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you know, you think and that was the younger one as well. So the you, other one was yeah, older. Yeah. She was like in a fit. She was like fifty-five. The yeah, other, the other uh, lady and just like yeah, proper stern head mistress. <laughs> you think of like practical jokers. You do not think of people like that. No, 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 no. Let's compare notes of our experience. Did you like look into like has anybody else? else like ever experienced like in anything like place. that anywhere like in the same place yeah i don't know no, no. i don't know because they said anytime they went back they couldn't even find the place wow. that they that the, the places that they walked through mm. it was very different the bridge wasn't there that they couldn't find the bridge anywhere you know like and and like they said they saw that the the bridge on a map but That's at mad. first people didn't believe them but then they did find one of the old uh, like previous um, mm. maps of the place and it did have that on there but it was mm. only on like one map or something you know yeah. it was like mm. none of the modern ones did literally taking a walk through history mm. oh That's man mental. I'd love to experience something like that yeah yeah, yeah. energy yeah. imprints mm. 
I that yeah, that seems more um, <laughs> likely to me than all of a sudden just being like transported to a completely other time. Mm. You know, like kind of like some of the other stories you hear about that. What I said at the start about that guy just turning up in New York, like. I find that harder to be like more incredulous than almost mm. like just walking mm. into like a <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know just into a into a, into a memory. Mm. It's like you're walking into a dream. Yeah mm. yeah <laughs> yeah. It's cool, man. It's like eerie, but it's cool. As I said, I sort of wish that it would like something like that would happen to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we should go Ludlow, the place that, that yeah. happened to Meg, and yeah. take a walk through in the, like the middle of the night or something. The thing oh, is, they always say, and I think this is like, well, I think people that are like, um, I say, I'm sort of like an open-minded skeptic. So what I mean by that is, it's like I don't, I don't disbelieve anything, but I don't particularly believe anything either. Yeah, I just yeah. sort of go with what I can. Open to yeah, yeah. thinking about it and Defin- experience it. Definitely, but like people that I speak to that are sort of like more ardent believers. Um, sort of say to me that like because I go to these uh, every, every like supernatural place I go to whether it's like the Edinburgh vaults which is supposedly one of the most like haunted places in Europe or or wherever I always go there with the idea that I'm like looking for it and I'm mm. like almost like searching it out and apparently that like puts off supernatural stuff and mm, yeah. and it's almost like it's almost that like irony that it's the people that often like least want something to happen to them that it will happen to them yeah but like people that me that it's almost like my mental energy <laughs> is like my mental energy is like something happen something happen if something's if something like weirds going on here then like show yourself to me and then it's almost like they're like nah mm. my dad did I mean? a really funny thing to my mum when they went to this hotel recently right I want to say it was in Limbuff or something like oh. that. Linmouth is where we went. Yeah, um, I think it might okay. have been. I nice. think so. I, I could be wrong, but they, they went to this hotel, which is meant to be one of the most haunted hotels in the country. Is it? Right, and they stayed. They sent me this article, and they they read this article. The room they were staying in is supposed to be the most haunted room in the entire hotel. Whoa. Right, and and there's there's the, the main like uh, thing that they hear is that there's this woman who goes around this this spirit of this woman and she's like a very jealous wife <laughs> so she'll pull like Women. the the wives of of husbands out of the bed and like the husbands will feel like them getting, getting touched and stuff yeah oh, baby yeah. <laughs> but, um, drew's gonna book in <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but they went to this place <laughs> they went to this place and yeah. um they went out for a meal and my mum saw my dad like close the window mm. and then when they got back the window was open and my dad was like I swear to you I swear to you I closed the window right mm. and my mum's like phoning me going whoa we just like experienced this thing and we got back wow. and we're having this barbecue the other day and my mum was telling the story and my dad just starts like laughing Yeah. and she's like what are you laughing at what are you laughing he's like I opened the window. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, I just fell on pranked her. Debunked. I'll tell you what, something minorly weird happened to me like a week ago. Ooh, it's not like mm. anything, it's not like even like anything like massive, but it was enough that it was just seemed like really strange. Um, And it's like weird, like I said, it might just be because it's a bit of like an old rickety property, but stuff like this does happen at mine every now and again. And I always do just like explain it away at the time, when at the time I'm never like, oh my God, this is supernatural. I'm always just like, yeah, this is probably, but I, I'm, I'm like, this is probably just like, I don't know, do you know what I mean? It's probably just like happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think that sometimes maybe I do over- overly rationalize it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was like the only one up, like everyone else had been like asleep for like hours. And I was like in the living room on my own. And um, like above my oven, I've got like a big extractor fan. Mm-hmm. You helped me put it up mm-hmm. there. And like to, to to clean them, you know they've got like there's like those little metal almost like grates yeah, that you can yeah, take yeah, off yeah, and you can yeah. clean because they get really greasy because obviously all like the frying pan mm. vapors and everything that go up into them. 
Um, but like they've got like two little things that you push in each side, which obviously allow you to take them down. But um, obviously, when you're that you don't push them in, there's like little metal like slits that like pop out, which mm. obviously keep it in place mm. at the top of the extractor fan. Mm. And I was in the living room on my own. And it was just like completely quiet, and um, I just suddenly heard like a really loud like bang mm-hmm. in the kitchen. And I literally just to myself, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> and then I went into my kitchen, and one of them had just like had just like fallen down onto like the hob. Mm-hmm. Wow! And I just like picked it up, and I was like, "That's a bit weird." Yeah, yeah. And so I like put it back. And then, like, once I put it back with all of them, I was sort of, like, going like that with them to see if, it, like, they would, like, fall easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously they wouldn't because when the slits are out and they're on the other side, it's like, well, it's just, like, physics, isn't it? It's like you can't, yeah. can't, yeah. can't yeah, push yeah. through. And I was just, like, I was sort of just, like, maybe the last time I put one up there or something, like, when I put it up there, like, and I let go, like, the slits didn't fully come out or something. But to be honest, they haven't taken them down to wash them in, like, months. yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit weird that it would have all of a sudden just like that on like a yeah. really stiff. You know I mean? It's not like there was any breeze in the kitchen. Just in the middle of the night as well. Yeah, it was like a complete <laughs> middle of the night. Nobody was around. Obviously, there's like no breeze in my kitchen or anything mm. like that. Just a bit, it was just a bit weird, but I was just a bit like, oh, all right. Someone's trying to send you a sign, man. I definitely mm. think if. Uh, Watch your beefsteaks. Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think some, some people would have probably been very freaked out there, but I was just a bit like. That's oh, right. weird. I'll just put it up and just sort of ignore it. That's yeah. what I thought. I was yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just going like, to sort of like, just get back to what I was doing. But it was a bit weird. Even though oh. I, I was putting it up, I was a bit like, yeah, that's a bit strange. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I don't really want to make of that. It reminds me of the, um, there was this uh, documentary I watched. Um, and it was to do with a house in London on a, on a terraced uh, place. Did we watch this together at any point? And it was basically like yes. about the poltergeist. Like, oh, oh man, it the, is so epic. The Enfield haunting. Enfield haunting. Yeah, yeah, there's been a movie about it, but the movie's oh, yeah, I've like heard of the movie. pants compared to the actual right. real life documentary because right, right, right. they've got footage of like yeah. this girl and stuff poltergeist. Like, who, who was getting like possessed in that at the house. But yeah. it is some weird stuff and it's like it, it's I thought the movie was good though to be fair. Yeah, I thought it was, it pretty was good. good. I thought the movie was good. Like it was definitely good. They they Hollywooded it up like, you know, as as you would with yeah. a movie. Mm, yeah. Uh, but I liked the the actual documentary because it was real events and the, and yeah. and the people that would go over and film stuff for the newspaper and that would actually see things like flying across the room and that and things like going off the mantelpiece and stuff like that and got proper Whoa. freaked out. By Man, it, it was quite now. dark, man. Yeah, watch the movie and the documentary. Do you have yeah. like a nice little Enfield haunting evening mm. oh, with your missus or something? I, I watched that. I re- I've watched that documentary like three times, I reckon. Yeah, and it's I like think proper cool. I think <laughs> the cool thing about that is almost is the fact that it's almost just like in a very normal. Like yeah. s- terraced house, but that's mm. what you were saying about the um, you know, uh, troubled souls and stuff that mm. would could be. It was like this old man that was like supposed to be like the 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 uh, ghost that was haunting it. He was like this real angry old man, you mm. know. Mm. And it was this, and the girl that was getting possessed, she'd sit on the phone. And there's footage of her and like, ah, my name's up. Oh, yeah, like you know, and like she, it would like talk through her, yeah, and it was like yeah. so weird. But it was like almost Whoa. yeah, this ghost trying to like still trying to like you know get at people even. Mm. Yeah, I, I, one thing that'd be quite cool to do with that, um, just to sort of just try and balance it out, because I've watched the documentary and I've watched the movie, but I've never watched sort of like a more like skeptical outlook on like trying to explain the Enfield mm. haunting. Because to me, that's one of the most like credible. Like yeah, cases of like hauntings or poltergeist activity in the UK, mm. like as I said, like so much evidence like towards it, and it just seems like so weird. Like, yeah, a lot of the um, the the journalists and stuff, mm. were, and there was like I think there was police officers and journalists who experienced mm. things and actually would say that that you know yeah this happened when we ran that around there. So yeah, mm. it does seem quite 
from credible sources that mm. experienced some of the events. But the thing that I always think is like when things, uh, at least in my mind, when things start to get really intriguing, is um, have you guys ever heard of Occam's Razor? I no? have, yeah, I've heard of the term Occam's Razor. I have. So, so like um, detectives off, often use Occam's Razor, and so do scientists and that. So, Occam's Razor is basically just like a, it, it Occam's Razor is basically like the. It just means whatever is the most likely answer usually is the right answer. Right. So, like, de de detectives use it often when um, solving crimes, and scientists use it a lot when trying to solve, you know, the mysteries of the universe. And it seems, you know, it's, it's, it seems very basic, but it's 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 very useful tool. You know, Occam's razor, you know, just think in your head. Mm, keep whenever, it simple. Whenever you're, ex whenever you're experiencing something or going through something, whatever is the most likely outcome or answer is usually the right one. But to me, I always think that if you use Occam's razor as, like, a useful tool, so when you say thinking of something like the Enfield haunting, or even like what happened to me with my kitchen last week, it's like you start thinking right all the all the possibilities. Like, okay, what could have done this? And to me, when things get intriguing, is when you can't think of like a likely yeah, what well, the obvious yeah, one is. doesn't a, a jump out at you. A likely mm. explanation of what happened, and then when that happens, it's like that's when things Ooh. get intriguing. Yeah, mm. you know, it's like you know if you hear like a creak. Um, the floorboards or something like that. It's like you know, you could use Occam's razor yeah. to think. Okay, well, that was probably just you know the wood. It's just the wood expanding or contracting. <laughs> yeah. If you hear something scuttling in your walls and you live in an old house, it's probably a mouse or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. Um, yeah, when you when you can't when suddenly that's like you're using Occam's razor and then it's that like you're not you're left with nothing but weirdness. That's mm. when things are like oh, mm. you know, ah, yeah, interessante. Should we leave it there for Mystery Mondays? I think that's a good yeah. place to leave it, man. That yeah. was a great. That was a great mystery, man. Oh, thanks, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys enjoyed us. it. I was a bit worried about uh, pick yeah. choosing one. Your so, first um, mystery. Yeah, first mystery. No, man, I liked it. Success. Yeah, that was an awesome mystery. No, I yeah. really enjoyed it. So, thanks for everyone tuning in. This has been Mystery Mondays. Tune in next week again for another mystery. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>